What's going on? It's Matt Bernier from the Matt Bernier Show, part of the In the Money Media Network. Be sure to join us every Monday, occasionally Tuesdays, but for the most part, every Monday. However you listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's YouTube, you name it, you can find it a million different places, including InTheMoneyPodcast.com. It's the Matt Bernier Show. Anything and everything to do with the world of horse racing. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Our regular Sunday morning Saturday review show. Of course, I am Stu. Like, rate, subscribe. Give us a nice review. Five stars appreciated wherever you're finding this podcast. Hit us up at StuCast Sports on the Twitter machine. And I'm joined, as always, through this college football uh, season with my co-host, the Bobcat, the pride of Dothan, Alabama. I said that just to piss you off. <laughs> yeah, John, John Castorani, how are you, brother? What's going on, man? It was uh, it's a fun fun Sunday. Uh, if you're an Alabama fan, uh, another disappointing Sunday. Uh, if you're a Georgia fan or a North Carolina fan. Uh, I'm having a really good Sunday. It's, it's not even noon yet when we're filming this, uh, but I, I can't complain. How you doing today, Stu? I'm not doing too bad. I, I'd be doing a little bit better if uh, North Carolina can, like, I don't know, catch the ball. But we'll get to them. Uh, you know, Georgia-Alabama, uh, a really fun game, uh, a good game for three quarters. Uh, before Bama pulled a, away, you are the resident Bama expert. Uh, you watched a lot of tape on this coming into the game. You were convinced Bama was going to win uh, by quite a bit. And, you know, I'll let you lead off. You know, what did you see and what's your take? Uh, yeah, so entering Saturday, Georgia all year uh, has allowed 595 passing yards combined against their three opponents. Granted, those three opponents were Felipe Franks, Bo Nix, Jared Garantano. Uh, Alabama uh, didn't play defense too well uh, in the first half. I haven't had a chance to, to watch uh, multiple, you know, different stunts and formations. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it throughout the week. I uh, saw Dylan Moses getting flat-footed a lot, getting taken out of plays by his own D-lineman. Uh, that are that are filling up a gap. Uh, I mean, if you, I was very disappointed in Dylan Moses. I've been disappointed with him uh, since the Missouri game. He looks lethargic. Yeah, he's in plays. He's making tackles. I think he ended the game, uh, you know, with ten solo tackles last night. But that was like in the third quarter. He had ten solo tackles. So at the end of the game, he really didn't do much. Uh, I was not very impressed with Stetson Bennett, the fourth, our resident DUI attorney. Uh, real estate broker, uh, did not – I told you going into the week, I did not think uh, that Georgia had the offense that was going to threaten Alabama. We saw some hurry-up looks from, from Kirby Smart in Georgia uh, where they wanted to go fast. They, they wanted to go deep. They ran a, a couple of out routes. They moved the halfback uh, out wide. They, I think it was uh, Dalvin Cook's little brother, James Cook. Uh, and they had a mismatch against Christian Harris, an outside linebacker. I mean, you take that shot all day, every day. Moses was just a half step behind. Those wheel routes were killing him. Yeah, and that's, you know, 
and I texted you, I think, you know, I said halftime adjustments coming in here. Uh, I think Alabama came into this game and especially Saban, they wanted, you know, joyless murder ball, right? Where run the football, let's go deep a couple of times. Let's not really, you know, keep the throttle down. This is going to be a low scoring game. I think heading into half, he realized very rapidly that uh, Kirby Smart wanted it to be a fast-paced football game, uh, so they, they reacted accordingly. Uh, I mean, huge shout-out to, to Steve Sarkeesian. He dialed up plays all day long. Jalen Waddell is a, is a destroyer of worlds. You know, 161 yards through the air. Uh, he caught 161 yards and had a touchdown. Devontae Smith caught a beautiful touchdown pass he had 167 yards John Mechie came in strong with 50 yards the Canadian uh and then Najee Harris 152 yards on the ground just eating eating space uh as a running back uh look man so Stetson played very well in the in the first half but in the second half we saw the Alabama defense really come to life I think Alabama controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball throughout the entire game I know there were some plays where they didn't. They gave up, you know, a couple of sacks. I think it was three total sacks uh, on the offensive line. But at the in the second half, man, Stetson Bennett was 6 of 15, right, when Alabama began pressuring them. Two interceptions by Daniel Wright and Malachi Moore. Uh, but if you look at the stat line, Stetson tried to throw the ball 40 times. 18 of 40, 269, two touchdowns, three interceptions. That's just not going to beat an Alabama football team. I don't care how sloppy the defense looks. Like, they're still a very, very talented defense. Uh, I thought Zamir White couldn't get anything going in the ground game. Alabama held all of their running back committee uh, to less than uh, 60 yards apiece. Um, only had one rushing touchdown. The rest was through the air. Like I said, James Cook had a phenomenal catch. I think he had four catches for 100 yards. Uh, but that's what happens when you catch an 82-yard bomb on an outside linebacker. Uh, also going to throw a stat out there for you Georgia fans. Through the first 60 games, Kirby Smart is 47 and 13. Through Mark Rick's first 60 games, he was 49 and 11. You know, this is supposed to be an upgrade. This is supposed to get you there. And I told you guys in the beginning of the year, before kick, even before kickoff even happened, way before the season, this is not Georgia's year. As long as Nick Saban, Poppy Saban, is in the SEC, you're not getting past Alabama. You're not Alabama. You're going to have to evolve offensively. I don't think they're there yet. I think they'll make some changes. What's going on with JT Daniels? He should have been in the game in the second half. Not a lot of adjustments going on for Georgia. Uh, yeah, and I told you, Alan, I said Alabama by 30. Give me Alabama by 30, right? And I, I lost the bottle to you on that. But Alabama yeah, left. 17. Yeah, Alabama left a lot of points on the board in the first half. Uh, was not happy with their with their play calling, especially defensive play calling. When you have a halfback, let me explain this to you guys. When you have a halfback that that is going to come out of a wheel route from offset in the backfield or in a in a pistol formation, shotgun formation, or under center, and he's going to loop out, they're motioning tight ends to move that one DB that's five yards off the line of scrimmage. They're motioning. A, t uh, a tight end the other way and they're going to loop that halfback around to the left the why are we running three deep two deep zone coverage on our safeties that are 15 to 20 yards downfield on a third and five a third and seven 
they're going to get those five and seven yards all day, every day. I'm really disgusted in that play calling. Uh, I think that Marlon Humphrey said it best. He's like, why are we running zone coverage if we can't cover our man? Like, what is this new Alabama defense? It's not man coverage. I don't know what is going on. You got some of the best DB talent in the country, and you're not forcing it. You're just, you're just saying, all right, go back there and play zone. On Stetson Bennett, who probably can't throw a football 35 yards downfield? Come on. I'm going to watch the tape, man. I'm not impressed. Second half, I was, you know, much more at ease. I think uh, – Pete Golding is the weakest link on this Alabama team, the defensive coordinator. Uh, Charlie Strong's waiting in the wings, and it would not surprise me one bit uh, if Pete Golding gets let go or he finds a new job at the end of the year because he is just that damn atrocious. Uh, yeah, but not, not impressed at all by Alabama's defense. I don't think it's as bad as people think, but as an Alabama fan, uh, we're better than that. Um, really do believe – uh, if Sarkeesian would have kept the pedal to the floor the full 60 minutes of the game, Alabama would have been up huge at the half. Like, there was no need for that, right? The first play of the game, that little fluke tip interception, which I don't think it was an interception. They called it an interception, so you have to have video evidence, you know, without a doubt to turn it over um, to make it not an interception. I don't think LeCount got that football. I think it definitely hit the ground. Um, so it was a tough break uh, for Mac Jones, but Mac Jones came back, man. Mac Jones is – he's my Heisman favorite, period, the end. Mac Jones, he started off a little bit slow, throwing for about 270, 280, I can't remember, against Missouri. But the last three games, he's been over 400 yards. 24 of 32, 417, four touchdowns and an interception. He got sacked three times. Yeah, and a couple of those sacks were his own damn fault because he held the ball too long and he, he well, moved Miller, forward. Well, Miller Forstale caused him one by running out of bounds on a play. Right. And so you – but when you look at Mac Jones, Mac Jones, I get it. Trevor Lawrence is a great prospect. Mac Jones is not a great NFL prospect right now. But if – you cannot tell me, and I'm not going to take you seriously, when you're putting up 400 yards in the air – and you're balling out on the best defense in all of college football. Georgia still is the best defense in all of college football, right, in a one-off year. But Georgia's always dominant. If you put up 417 through the air, that's better than a 73-7 to route of Georgia Tech. That, I mean, just stop it. Like, I respect Trevor Lawrence, but just stop it. Like, Mac Jones, the joker, this dude is real. And I told you guys to take him at plus 16,000 or plus 8,800, whatever the hell it was. Him and Kyle Trask, and look at them. They're both balling. And so I'm, I'm – and I told our pal, friend of the pod, Mark, when he said that this is A.J. McCarron, Greg McElroy 2.0, game manager, and Alabama's defense is going to be stout. I was like, you obviously didn't watch when he just dismantled your Michigan man coverage. And Matt Jones, when he came in after Tua, there was really no production drop-off. Through his first seven starts, he has more yards – more completion, a higher QBR, and more touchdowns than Tua and Jalen in their first seven starts. Tua's got 21 touchdowns. Mac Jones has like 24 touchdowns, 25 touchdowns. Set, that's un, that is unheard of, but we're not talking about it. And, it, you know, I see on the, on the first take and get up and all this BS and Colin Cowturd about nobody wants to watch Mac Jones. Who wants to watch Mac Jones? We want to see Bryce Young. We are watching Mac Jones dismantle defenses left and right. 
And I still believe, and we'll talk about it on the Wednesday or Thursday show later this week, I still believe Tennessee is best equipped to beat Alabama because I think that they have the DBs and the defensive linemen to pressure Mac. But that's my take. I don't know if you got any takes on, on what you saw. Alabama is the best team in the country, hands down. It's not even close. Clemson is a very close second, but that's about it. And they're going to meet. Georgia and Alabama are going to meet again in December. I don't think Georgia's going to improve unless they have, you know, uh, Jamie Newman coming off the, off the bench, right? And, and they got a scrambling quarterback. I really don't think that JT Daniels is going to get it done. I don't think that uh, DeWan Mathis can get it done. And I know Stetson Bennett can't get it done. Alabama's going to improve. Georgia's going to improve. But this offense is going to be just clicking on all cylinders when Javon Baker and Slade Bolden get up to speed. So I don't know what your take is, Alan. It's the best team in the country. Yeah, I think you have to put them number one. I mean, they've actually beat somebody. Uh, and, you know, Clemson is busy dealing with upcoming uh, Syracuse. And, <laughs> wow, that'll be a tough one. Uh, yeah, I, I think you put them one. Uh, I have worries about this Alabama defense. And like you said, Clemson, Alabama, previewing that down the road, if if we – look at those teams how they are today and of course you know injuries and etc you don't know but I think Alabama will get challenged by a team that can play defense which this year is like five Nobody. teams <laughs> Nobody. and out of those five teams you have to have a very competent quarterback and a very good offense to keep up with their scoring and that limits it to like three teams so uh Georgia not being one of them, at least in this current incarnation. I think Clemson could make it a very close and a very tough game for uh, Alabama. So, But we want to see that, though. We would, yeah. I would want to – I don't want Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson or even Georgia or Florida, whoever gets in that fourth spot, or Oregon. I don't want any of those teams to go in the playoff and just beat everybody 31-0, right? I don't want to watch that. We don't want to watch that. I would love – you know, remove the the forty four seventeen win that Clemson had against Alabama a couple of years ago. Go back to the the, the Clemson Alabama meetings with Deshaun Watson and and and, and company. That's and what it feels like. That's what that's what I want. I want a one possession game where it goes down to the final two minute drive of the fourth quarter. Who's got the ball last? That's who's going to win, right? Yeah. And who can stop who? And I, I that's great football. I don't care if it's Clemson Alabama year after year. Ohio State, Clemson, year after year, it doesn't matter to me. It's just that's good football, and we're going to watch it. I'll also give you another stat, though. SEC scoring is up 71% through the same time, the same four-game stretches, the first four-game stretches last year, okay? But through the first four weeks, there have been 13 defensive scores in the SEC. It's almost double what it was last season. So we're up 25% on SEC scoring through the first four games on defense. So I, I think that there are, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to, like I told you before we started filming this, man, I think that because of coronavirus and the pandemic where, you know, you had to social distance, you had to follow specific protocols, and Nick Saban had quote mentioned it, and Kirby Smart mentioned it a little bit, uh, that it's really difficult to practice tackling and execution when you can't tackle people and you can't touch people, right? Uh, due to the, the pandemic. But an offense, you know, you can, you can sling a football 
and be socially distanced from somebody, or you can, you know, toss the ball, hand the ball off. Uh, but it's, it's easier for offenses to get into rhythm. And that's why I'm really interested to see once these other conferences start coming back, is it, is it the, just the SEC where, you know, traditionally it's defensive first? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's going to be uh, – college football as a whole is, is going to struggle playing defense, uh, except for Clemson because Clemson's not going to be challenged except for, you know, maybe against Notre Dame. But, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a one-off year, man. I think we're going to get back to regular – resume programming next year if the pandemic's over and we can get a full spring full summer camp full fall camp i think we'll get back to it um and i, th- I think teams will improve over the year as well i think alabama is improving since the old miss game right I, I we did see that alabama was much improved against texas a&m defensively at least a lot better than what we saw out of florida you know and and kentucky let's segue into that game i don't know if that's up next but holy uh, shit. It's not, but we can talk about it. I mean, Garantano throwing two uh, pick six touchdowns. <laughs> and then you bring in uh, Short or Shorad or whatever, the backup. He comes in. His name is Shrout. Shrout, whatever. Shrout. He promptly throws a pick. Yeah, he throws a, he throws a pick immediately. And, you know, Tennessee's defense was actually pretty good. I mean, we thought so. We thought so. I well, I thought so yesterday. I mean, it, you can't you can't go three and out consistently, be on the field the entire game. Fourteen of those points were not given up by them. Uh, they were put in really atrocious field position most of the day. Uh, I think Kentucky's offense is a joke. Um, I think Kentucky has played two of the uh, lower-end SEC offenses, and they're a decent defense. But when they go up against somebody that can actually put points on the board, uh, they're going to have a really tough day at the office. Uh, I'm not impressed with Kentucky. For the second straight week, this team is a mirage. This team is not – they're creating turnovers, but at the same time, Garantano – and KJ Costello aren't what I would say, you know, the most accurate QBs in the world. Uh, I don't trust either of these teams. It was pretty, uh, pretty rough to watch. Although I will say Eric Gray was fun. I think yeah. Eric Gray's got some talent. And uh, that offensive line for Tennessee certainly can um, run the ball. And they're going to really – I think they should think long and hard about going to more play action and what have you because I think that O-line might be the strength of that team. I know. And, Alan, if I, if I were to tell you that a quarterback would go 12 of 15 with 100 yards in the air and, and 32 yards rushing, if I were to tell you they would win 34 to 7, would you believe me? Probably not. Uh, I, w- I was underwhelmed at the at the Wildcats offense. Uh, I was a little bit more proud of their defense. I thought that they they handled yesterday extremely well. Because you, it, granted, we never know what we're gonna get from Garantano, um, but after watching them play Georgia and look somewhat competent for the first half of the game, uh, I, I was like, okay, maybe Jaron Garantano is gonna gonna get his thing, gonna get his feet going. Uh, but yeah, yesterday, 14 to 21, 88 yards, two interceptions. They even brought in that other quarterback. Uh, what's his name? I, I call him, I want to call him Harry Bailey. Uh, but he no, went one Joey of, Gatewood. 
No, they brought in Bailey, uh, the other quarterback Tennessee did. Um, oh, the the third string quarterback. Yeah, they brought him in. He went one of four with a. Oh, Joey Gatewood did throw a pass yesterday. I yeah, mean. but yes, like you said, man, Eric Gray, phenomenal running back. That offensive line at Tennessee is really damn good. I mean, just really good. Now that they got Cade Mays, I mean, they look like one of the best offensive line units in the country. Uh, but yeah, that that was a crazy game. Uh, I'm glad that you're on my my wagon that uh, Kentucky's a mirage. What we got next, Alan? Uh, we've got some ACC football. I don't know. I doubt you watch much of it except flipping back and forth. I watch a good portion of that North Carolina-Florida State game. Florida State upsets North Carolina. Going into the season, I was really high on North Carolina. I had talked to you about it. I had said it in the ACC preview. And what I've seen is Sam Howell make the biggest step back that I've ever seen out of a quarterback. He went from almost 40 touchdowns last year, returns the same group, and is barely getting past 200 yards this year. He is he's scary. He is tentative in the pocket when he drops back to pass. He, he has no presence when you watch him. They're relying heavily on their running game, which granted is fantastic. And uh, Javante Williams blew out the prop for 78 yards, which I hit on. Thanks for uh, telling me to do that. Um, Florida State, though, exposed this defense, uh, which I thought was good coming into the season, going to be good in ACC terms. No. So you, you've got a, a pretty horde defense. In the, in the second half, they did lock down Florida State, but there was a lot of stupid, I, you know, stupid play calls, some penalties. The, it, this was a dumpster fire, and uh, North Carolina, real t- I was really excited for them. I, I mean, they're returning everybody pretty much next year, too. I, maybe next year. I don't know. But Sam Howell took a big step back. I had to text you to make sure you were still alive. Uh, I missed the over because yeah. Javante Williams can't catch a football. Yeah, and so I I got – It was a bad pass, though. Yeah, I got to, to thinking it in the second half, I thought it was one big joke where, where Mac was like, you know what, we're just going to spot them 24 points and then just drub them in the second half because Florida State couldn't do anything in that second half. I thought that UNC made some great defensive adjustments. I uh, was really proud of them. Travis is a is a gamer. That kid, yeah. you know, he's not he's not the most talented quarterback I, I would pick to you know lead my team. But the kid's a fighter and he's and he's tough. And I think Florida State's starting to find an identity. I thought they started to find it in that second half against Notre Dame. Um, defensively, this is not a good team. It's not. Um, no. Their, their corners can't – they can't stop holding people. Their Marvin Wilson and their D-line cannot – they couldn't stop uh, molasses on a winter's day up the middle. It's a real issue. But Norvell has his work cut out for him. And you can't, you can't go down to any team 31-7 to at the half and expect to come out victorious. Um, but Maybe if but, you're playing the Falcons. That, 
shout out to my Atlanta Falcons and my Atlanta <laughs> Braves. They can't get shit done. But um, yeah, so I think, you know, if, if you're down 31-7 uh, and, and you come back 31-28, there's some things that you did right. Ultimately, yes, yeah, Sam Howell needs to play better football. I don't, I don't know what, uh, what Max got to do to get him to uh, – he has to show more poise in, a, in the pocket. He's and he scared. Ha- he has to make really, really competent, quick decisions. This is what quarterbacking is, 101, folks. Um, but, yeah, man, was really shocked to see a 31-7 at the half. I did not know that you were going to make it because I knew that you loved this North Carolina team. Uh, I, I, thought, th- I thought I love this game, but I really love the over, which right. I missed by two points. Right, and it, it, it baffles me. It's like I don't know how UNC is the five-ranked team. Like, even before There's, this weekend. Well, like, here's another team that I'm baffled with their ranking. Notre, Notre Dame, Dame wins 12 Notre Dame <laughs> over Louisville. And when you, I, I watched just the first quarter because we had uh, Ole Miss on, and, we, and we'll get to them in a moment, and, and a bunch of other stuff going on, especially our Texas A&M reverse line lock of the year. Uh, I, watched, I watched it, and I figured out what Notre Dame is, Bobcat. What are they, Alan? What are they? They are going to run the ball about 25 to 30 times. Kyrell uh, Williams. Williams. Yeah, he's he's really good running back for, for what they're doing. Uh, and when they're playing garbage teams like USF and Louisville, and they're playing uh, – who else did Notre Dame play this year? Sisters of the Poor, the Windsor Club of Duke. Physicians, Duke. Duke. It, <laughs> You're, you're, you're going to run the ball, and you're going to be successful. And their defense looks very strong. Granted, yesterday I thought their defense did play pretty well. Um, but I think a qualifier, you have to wa- watch these teams. And we know Louisville, you can either get Malik Cunningham or Mike Cunningham. And Mike was out there yesterday, and he was awful. Poor decision-making, poor throws, uh, waiting too long, letting plays die. And Notre Dame got, you know, a lot of success out of it. They didn't get a sack yesterday. They only got one turnover. They only forced one turnover. And they gave up quite a bit of yards. It's just a real issue. I think Notre Dame is the most bloated team. And they got to play Pittsburgh next week in southwestern Pennsylvania they can stop the run. They don't do many great things, but they can stop the run. So Ian Book's going to have to throw it to the nobodies that he's got. And you're, you're going to see either, I'm calling it right now, when they play Southwestern Pennsylvania or North Carolina, they will get, they will get blown out by at least 10 points in one of those games. Yeah. This team is a fraud. It's a fraud, Alan. They're a fraud. And if you were to have the playoff today, they'd be the number four team, allegedly. Uh, Alan, if I were to ask you at the beginning of the year, through the four, first four games, how many touchdown passes would you think Ian Book would have thrown through the first four games? Remember, it's Duke, South Florida, Florida State, and Louisville. First four games. Seven, eight. This mother sucker has three touchdown passes. Yeah. He threw a touchdown pass against Duke. He threw two against Florida State. He has Chase, a, Chase Claypool ain't coming back. Brother, he is the worst quarterback I've ever seen in my entire life. And I want to ask if there's anybody that works for – any of these college football pundits, ESPN, SEC Network, if you're listening, if you're listening, I question you to question your bosses on why they are ranked the way they are ranked. 
when a quarterback who has thrown three touchdowns all year has a completion percentage below 58%, has a rating of 104. I don't even know what the rating's supposed to be. I know that 104 is not good. I know that 104 is not good, Alan. So ask yourself and ask your bosses, why in the hell, when you're going to have to play a team like Clemson, Alabama, if you make it to the playoff, Ohio State, if you make it to the playoff, you're going to get murdered, and we're not going to want to watch it. Well, well nobody they can't wants make to it to the that. playoff, Bobcat. They can't because realistically, the, the Clemson game, they're going to lose. But if they, beat, if they beat Clemson for some weird happenstance, Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, something happens. If is Michigan going to beat Alabama? Is no. Mi- is Michigan going to beat saying, Ohio State? Like, I'm just saying, Clemson always has that one game. We thought it was going to be against Georgia Tech. We won't talk about it. But Clemson always has that one game where maybe they slip up. What if Clemson slips up to Notre Dame and Notre Dame's getting in the playoff? No I, way I'd be hell. mad. I'd be mad. I'd be freaking No way out. in hell. And they're a terrible um, team. You're right. They're terrible. Uh, let's go with some quick hits. Uh, I'll start Texas A&M. Both of our locks of the week, we said take that line, make it 13 and a half, give two touchdowns. They're going to win. And they do by two. They could have scored another. They just chose to take a knee uh, with a minute left on the one-yard line of Mississippi State. And this game played out exactly the way we thought it would. KJ making poor throws. Uh, Kylan Hill out. So, so you know, that two-yard uh, little – bubble screen that they like to run that pseudo bubble screen quick slant uh went for two yards and went nowhere a&m's defense a lot better than arkansas's a lot better than kentucky's and really gave them fits pretty much all day mississippi state i think they win one more game this year i don't even what game alan vandy nah negative two rushing yards Vandy's yeah, they can't run the ball. The, Negative the, two rushing yards. Kellen Mond looked like trash yesterday, too. Yeah, he did. He had a real off game. But, they, but were Isaiah's, missing, they were missing some pieces offensively. I think a couple guys uh, were out for COVID concerns. But Isaiah Spiller is a baller. Okay? Good. Clemson let him go. I don't know why. I get you got Travis Etienne. You got one good running back. But, man, imagine if you had a committee like Georgia and Alabama. Shout out to well, Clemson. Well, A&M's rushing game is real nice. Um, dude, what happened in Ole Miss, Arkansas? Just a crazy, like... Weird game. Weird game. Matt Corral throws six interceptions. We don't see JRP at all. Uh, this is a team we both love and we root for, even though I got a bet against them. I still root for Ole Miss because I like Ole Miss. Um, Hotty toddy. It seems like if Elijah Moore isn't catching the ball, uh, they became very one-dimensional. It's either Elijah Moore or Ely in the flat, and outside of that, Matt Corral could not make another pass. Yeah, and Felipe Franks did everything in his power to give Ole Miss a win yeah. late in that game. Uh, it was it was what twenty one twenty six or something ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah. Ole Miss had a shot to go down and and throws another pick. Yeah. But, yeah, man, I think that is the – and I'm going to tweet at Lane Kiffin this week. That is rat poison at its finest. You know, he makes fun of Nick Saban. That is – you bought into the media hype of being this powerhouse offensive unit. Matt Corral bought into this Johnny Manziel comparison. Uh, that's why he wears the number two. 
all this bull crap that they bought into. I mean, this team is young. It's his first year. I don't think this is going to happen every year. But when you play a team so well, a, a really great team like Alabama so well, uh, <laughs> the, the week after that, man, it's, you're really might, you really might need to you know, pump the brakes or you're going to slip up. Arkansas didn't do anything fancy on defense. All they did was, you know, they, they rushed three, rushed four, uh, and, and they dropped back in, into the Barry Odom zone, the, the, the three safety deep look. Uh, Matt Corral, it couldn't hit the broadside of a barn yesterday. Uh, but overall, I mean, Ole Miss still got 450 yards of total offense, right? So Arkansas still has to improve. I think this is a really good win. They should well, be three, I mean, you got to qualify it. They, they were the first team to actually give Ole Miss trouble. Right. And, it, yeah. and pressure Ole Miss. And – make Corral make bad decisions. And but, I think you got to give credit. Barry Odom, deserve, extend him. Give no, him a raise no, and extend No, him. no, 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 no. Stop it. This Arkansas Everybody. defense has it, – it's not what – this Arkansas defense is actually, I believe, at this point, last week we talked, I, I, don't, I didn't know what they were. This week I think he is getting a lot done with a little – and I think it's a matter of time before Sam Pittman really starts working his magic. And I, I, I like what he's assembled. I can Alan. see it. Alan. Yes. I'm going to tell you why. Stop buying in so heavily on this defense. This defense is going to get picked apart by anybody like Florida and Alabama. They're, the offenses are going to pick play, them apart. Okay, that, that's two of the top three offenses in but the But you're country. not – you're playing in the SEC West. It's his first year. He's got a three-year deal. Don't extend him. I'm tired of hearing that. They played Georgia. Georgia's not going to blow anybody out of the water offensively. They played Auburn. Auburn's not going to blow anybody out of the water offensively. They played Mississippi State. We're coming to find out Mississippi State – I think LSU is just that bad – LSU is just that freaking bad defensively because they can't make adjustments, and you got Bo Pelini. Come on, man. Do not give me this Barry Odom is a godsend shit. He sucked at Missouri. Like, dude, no. If you can't – you couldn't play defense like that in Missouri. It's a one-off year where all he's doing is the two-deep, three-deep safety look, and I put a tweet out, and I was like, oh, he's going to give people fits in the SEC West. That was 100% sarcasm. I think if you, if you play a team like Alabama – I'm just going to compare Alabama and you let Jalen Waddle just run a quick little five yard slant. They're going to fuck. They're going to gash you. Pardon my language. They're going to gash you. Jalen Waddle's going to get 25 just, yards after the catch. You just also uh, lump them in with about 97% of other teams playing college football this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's how you beat Arkansas. I don't think Barry Odom's a godsend. I think you had seven turnovers yesterday. I don't know many teams. They were still in the ball game with five turnovers. Yeah, but Barry Odom ain't coaching the offense. What I'm saying is, is that this this defense, for what Arkansas's defense is, what we thought it was going to be, where we projected it before the season, he has done a marvelous job with what I think we can all agree is less than talent. Because when you think SEC West. You're not thinking about the Razorbacks. And you're not thinking about throwing the ball every down. Auburn usually has a dominant running game. Alabama usually has a dominant running game. Well, they did have Ole a 100-yard rusher yesterday, didn't they? Yeah. Ole Miss? Uh, Arkansas. 
Oh, I'm yeah, Arkansas did, but Ole Miss did. Ole Miss had uh, what's his name? Ely ran for e- over. Well, Ely, Ely's fantastic. Arkansas didn't. Um, excuse me, I, I misunderstood the the point you were. No, making. but like the point, the point I'm making is this is a pass first SEC this year. I don't know why. I can't explain it. But that's why I think Arkansas will go back into being nothing next year. Like, we're going to forget about Arkansas next year. Well, Arkansas. I think, I think what they're doing is they're being very competitive, and I think they're going to go down to College Station this week, no, and they're going to be competitive. No, sir. Stop okay. that. We'll All bet right. on that later in the week. We'll talk about it. Anyway, Bobcat, where can the good people yell at you at? Uh, you can yell at me at John Castorani on Twitter. Uh, if you have less than 100 followers, I'm not tweeting back at you because you're a troll. Um, but no, oh, okay. in, all, well, in, all, in, uh, in all seriousness, uh, roll damn tide. I have nothing to apologize for. I told you guys to take the Texas A&M. I told you guys to take South Carolina money line. Talk about it. South Carolina, Auburn's a mirage. Will Muschamp, he's the man. Jimbo Fisher was the man last week. He's the man this week. But, yeah, I was right. We're two for two. I've been right. I, gotta, we have to, I have to, like, listen back at all my picks and, like, come up with a, a winning percentage for me. Yeah, let's let, – you know what? This week, let's listen back. Let's see what we picked. And uh, let's get some numbers out there because I'm I, fire. too. I, too. Texas A&M reverse money line. <clears throat> and Syracuse. I don't know how that game went. We'll have to look it up, check the box score, and uh, go from there. Roll damn tide to that one. Jesus. Rex Culpepper. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, that is all for us today. We will be back later this week with uh, Chris Van Dyne of North Big Coast Big Ten Sports. action, brother. We got Big Ten action. This is my wheelhouse. Welcome, welcome to the north, baby. Uh, Winter is coming. Yeah, pretty much. John Snow in the house. Uh, yeah. We're going to be breaking down all the Big Ten games. We're going to be taking a look at a few other uh, uh, high-profile ones as well. But we'll look at every single Big Ten game this week. Chris Van Dyne will join us. And uh, Swift Hitter, the notorious Swift Hitter, may be making an appearance. And we may be talking horses. So I got to get the lawyers ready and uh, prepare for a lawsuit. So... With that unfortunate news for the Bobcat, I am Stu. We will check you out later this week. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Dreammaker Racing, the New York bred specialist. From top quality New York bred racehorses, Hall of Fame trainers, and unmatched hospitality services, Dreammaker Racing has everything to offer when it comes to owning a racehorse. Have you ever imagined what it's like to see your horse cross the finish line first at racetracks like Saratoga or Belmont? Well, now you can. Dreammaker Racing will put you in the winner's circle. Call today at 518-587-5550 or visit DreammakerRacing.com and let us make your dreams come true today.